Attention listeners, learn, grow, do, repeat with Jamie Tatino. You know we'll never be 100% perfect, though you can chase it. Every piece of knowledge you add to your tool belt just makes you a more rounded person. Jamie is going to be raining value every single episode, along with the amazing guests that he has on the show. They'll be from all walks of life, from all different industries, all sharing their amazing and individual unique stories. Everyone has a story. Everyone has learnings from their experiences, and we want to share that with you. As Jamie loves to say, let's go get it. Alrighty, here we go, here we go, here we go. Welcome to another episode, guys. Welcome to another episode. Pumped to be here. This is the topic that uh, I get really passionate about. You know, for me, it's something that I've always been pretty pretty in touch with, it's something that I've always done. Uh, I've always been the, I am the visual type. I am the creative spirit, as you would like to say. Uh, I do like to, you know, change things up a little bit. And I've always had that visionary mindset. I've always looked to bigger and better things, always looked forward I always looked to see what I wanted from my future, uh, and I did paint that vision. I've always been, like I said, a very visual person, so I've always had the photos up on the wall, uh, especially growing up when I was younger. I had a lot of photos cut out of magazines and printed out uh, in my bedroom walls, and you know, had always the fancy uh, screensavers on my phone, um, you know, and in my books for school, always had like the the, the 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 wrap. I don't know if you guys remember the wraps that you could buy to, to cover your books. Um, you know, I had my footy team, and you know, then I had some custom things made up. Uh, when I was younger, so I've always been that type, uh, and then as I sort of got a bit older and you know left school and got into the workforce and you know this whole thing of visualization and manifesting and the whole law of attraction and the secret uh, all became relevant and known to me. Uh, and like I said before that, I had never heard of that sort of stuff. And they teach you to sort of you know everyone's heard of a vision board. Who's got a vision board? Who's got you know cut up pictures of cars and boats and money and watches and houses and the lifestyle and, you know, whatever it is for them that they want. So for me, I definitely had that too. You know, my bedroom wall had the cars, <laughs> had the houses, had the physique, the body that I wanted, um, you know, the roles that I wanted to play, the things that I wanted from life was all up on my wall, you know. And again, I'm pretty sure we can all relate to that. We've all done something very similar, uh, if not the exact same thing, you know. So I've recently, I've put a lot of time and effort into this and to, to see exactly why we do those sort of things and why, yeah, it, it helps and it's it's all part of the, the process and the journey. Um, but there's always like that missing piece because for me, like they always teach you about like envision the end goal, envision what it's going to look like when you get there, envision, like see yourself celebrating. Like if you listen to a lot of other podcasts or other YouTube, see a lot of YouTube videos or watch anything of that space, it's all the end goal. It's all, you know, the celebration, the the champagne popping, the the lifestyle, the cars, the Ferraris, the Lamborghinis, the houses, the aeroplanes, the private jets, all the exotic food, being in Europe, uh, all that sort of cool stuff, which is definitely what we want to visualize. We want to see ourselves in that journey, you know. But the, uh, I think for me, the more important part to really think about is is that okay, cool. Well, I want to have all those nice things if that's what it is for you. If you want to have a hundred different Ferraris for whatever reason, then awesome. If you only want to have one and or have none or just live comfortably ever after, happy ever after, like whatever it is for you that you want to have, like if you can envision that. But the more powerful part that really emphasizes that end goal or something that really helps you get there a lot quicker is thinking about and visualizing the journey. 
Because the journey, the journey is never smooth sailing. Like, because if it is, then it just in my eyes, you're not trying hard enough. Like, if you're not having any challenges, you're not having any problems, you're not getting any haters, you're not getting any kickbacks, you're not hitting any speed humps or roadblocks or hurdles, whatever, whatever nickname or whatever word you want to use for it, then I sort of think about it. Like, okay, cool. Well, are you really, are you really putting yourself out there as much as you possibly could? Are you really pushing the boundaries? When you push those boundaries, that's when you hit the hatred, that's when you hit tension, the challenges, when you're pushing those boundaries, when people start to look at you differently or when your boss is asking questions of you or, or when you know challenges arise that you never thought would occur. Uh, and you know something I learned very, very young was when I was you know, in the journey of bodybuilding, I did that for a period of time after playing professional football, was that you know, it never gets easier, you only get better. So I learned that during my training. Like the training never gets easier. We just get better at it. And then we look for different ways to create techniques and strategies to get better results. But it never actually technically gets easier. It's always challenging. It's always tough. It's always a grind. Same as footy training and sports training. No matter how many times you run, doesn't matter how far you run, doesn't matter how fit you get, it's still always a challenge and it's always tough when you're trying to run three, five, six Ks. Like it's never easy. It's never easy when you're pushing those boundaries. So the journey at the same time, when you're visualizing that, like I remember playing footy and you know, we'd be our time trial would be like a 3.2 kilometer time trial. And we had to do it in under like 11 minutes or whatever it might be. Yeah, it's a 3.2 kilometer time trial within 11 minutes. But my way of doing it was I would always break it down. What's my increments? Like what's my, at 1K, how, what time does it need to be? At 2K, what does my time need to be? At 3K or 2.5K, 3K, what does my time need to be? And that last couple hundred meters, what can I do in that space? Like, where do I need to be to make sure that I make the 11-minute mark? And if, you know, that gives me, I've now visualized the journey. And I could say, well, okay, well, by 2K, 2.5K, I'm going to be pretty puffed out. I'm going to be feeling pretty fatigued. What do I, where's my heart rate need to be? What do I need to do in that time to make sure that I can still get to 3.2Ks the finish line with in the the time limit of 11 minutes. So whatever it might be, like that journey needs to be mapped out. I need to visualize that journey. I remember the track that we used to run was on gravel and during pre-season of football here in Australia, it's always, it's summer. So it's really hot and on gravel, it's just really dry. And when you've got 40, 50 guys running on gravel, all this dust starts to come up. So my theory was, okay, cool. I'll try and get to the front so there's no dust, but... I was never the most fittest and, and quickest person. Like that wasn't my strength. So I naturally just happened to always fall mid-pack, sort of pushing that, that front group. So there was, yeah, definitely a lot of dust coming up. And then that is something that you've got to encounter. Like you, unless you've done the run before and, and then you think about it, like you'll never think of that there's going to be dust coming up, which is just, it creates that dryness. And when you're trying to run and you're trying to beat a time and you're trying to chase your team and you're trying to get through it all together, these little factors, little things that come into it, you don't really think about it until you're actually in it. And then when you're running, you're like, shit, it's so dry here. Like, I can't breathe. This dust is in my face. It's in my eyes. It's all over me. It's going down my throat. It's in my nose. These little things uh, play parts on, okay, cool. What's the time I'm going to get? Am I going to make the team or not? Am I going to make the cut? Or are they going to cut me? Am I going to be dropped? What's it going to be? So if you can start to visualize those little challenges that you might come up against, you can start to prepare for them. So the, the more I did the run, the more prepared I was. So all of a sudden, this dust didn't really impact me as much anymore because I would run the track on, by myself and I would do it two or three times a week. 
so that yeah, I would naturally get fitter, but I was accustoming myself to that track. The fear of the gravel, the dust. All of a sudden, that didn't matter to me anymore with some of the guys, it still impacted them. And that was all they would talk about the whole run. As soon as we take off, the first 10 minutes, oh my God, the dust. Oh, I can't breathe. Oh, it's in my eyes. Oh, the sweat's dripping down with dust and it's hurting my eyes. You know, for me, it, it, it happened once. I learned. I never knew about it. Okay, cool. This is what I'm going to be faced with for the next three years of this of my journey here, my career here. We're going to be running this track multiple times a week. I need to get accustomed to it. This is what I need to do. So I started to visualize what every 500 meters, what every kilometer mark would look like on that journey to 3.2. And then... I think that for the first me, the first for me, the first time I had this sort of encounter with this sort of theory of visualization and putting it all together and making something of it and looking at the bigger picture and then also mapping out the journey, which again I didn't really think of it at the time, was you know for me I'm a qualified carpenter, um, so that's my background, a tradie, um, and I remember being in trade school and we we're doing like the first day or two is always like the practical uh, the, the the theory so we're all in the classrooms looking at the books and reading and writing and doing measurements and you know doing all the boring stuff and then the second half of the week was always the more practical stuff so we'd always get out and, and start to build everything that we'd started to to learn about earlier in the week so i remember the we'd always have like a pre-check meeting sort of everyone would get together and have a quick chat about what we're going to do and one of the questions on the form every every week that we were there every module that we ever did one of the questions was it's always there i think it was like the second question or the first question i can't remember which one it was the question was what tools are you going to need to complete the job and we'd always laugh at this because we'd always write down like the same things like in that trade you always need very similar tools there's only very few tools that you need to get a lot of the job done so we'd always just quickly smash it out quickly because we wanted to get out there and work we didn't want to be sitting in the classroom writing down all these boring things so we'd always quickly just write it all down and then for whatever reason, one day I asked the teacher, I was like, hey, you know, why is this question on every single form that we do? Like, why is it always, it's pretty much going to be the same answer anyway, so we may as well not even have it there. And he's like, his response at the time was like, it was very boring and I was like, well, that's a bit silly. But he basically said that if you can write down the tools that you're going to need in your head, you're thinking about the process. Like you're thinking, okay, cool, when I first get out of there, I need to do this. And then I need to measure this and mark that. And then I need to cut that. And to cut that, I'm going to need this tool. And then after I cut it, I'm going to have to install it this way or put it together this way, which means I'm going to need this tool. And he, he said to us that you start mapping out the process and then you know on the journey and then that will reflect on how well you know the process and what tools you need. Because if you know what the process is, you're going to know by detail what tools you're going to need. Because there was that odd time where we needed like a random tool to do like one part of the, the process. For example, with doors, when you're hanging doors, you need a router, for which is a tool, uh, for like that small process of time to to, to to do the jams. But again, that sounds pretty standard. I guess carpenters would understand that. But when you're an apprentice learning, you don't really know that. That's what you're there to learn. So when we're learning, if we have those understandings, we have that, okay, cool, at this period of time, when I get to this stage, I'm going to need a router to get that part done. Oh, now, now you can start mapping out the process. And it also helps when you're actually getting out there that you do it. You actually understand, okay, cool, step one is this, step two is this, step three is this, step four is this, I need to do X, Y, Z. And then when you can see that, compared to just looking at, okay, cool, I'm going to build these doors today, it just changes everything, absolutely changes everything. Uh, and then when he said that, it actually made sense, but I never really understood that this was this whole visualization thing. It was never this whole understanding of, let's break it down and see exactly what's happening in the middle. And then, yeah, the end goal was obviously to have these double doors swinging open 
and closing smoothly was all even gaps right around. That was the end goal, obviously. But on that journey, if we could do so many things more consistently and getting everything right, step one, step two, step three, when we get to the end, it's all going to make sense. And if we, for me, I once he again explained that and then when I actually went out and worked full-time as a tradesman, this all started to make sense. As I progressed through my, my career as a trader and moved into the more senior roles and the more managerial roles like leading hands and foremans, etc., my job was purely to yeah, look after the guys now and whatever they're doing, make sure that it's, it's all working now. But I needed to think ahead. I needed to look at what we're going to do tomorrow or the day after or the day after that. Because if there was things that needed to be moved or changed or material we needed, I needed to organize that today for two days down the track. Because two days down the track, when everyone's there ready to work and if we haven't organized what we need, then we're going to have 10, 15, 20 guys standing around doing nothing, which isn't productive. And of course, as you can understand, your boss probably isn't going to want to see that either. He's paying wages for guys to sit around and do nothing. So it was. It became my role to use this knack, use this skill, this whole visualization thing and say, okay, cool, you know, what are they doing today? How fast are they moving? How quickly are they going to get to this section? I need to make sure that we've got the material, we've got the permits, we've got everything in place to make sure that they can just go through smoothly. Yes, I technically wasn't actually on the tools. I was more playing that, again, that leading hand role, that more senior role, but that became even more and more important. If I didn't deliver on that, then the whole thing, the whole process, the whole company would slow right down. And when you're on a massive multi-million dollar job here in Melbourne CBD, on these multi-story buildings, you know, if you lose a day or even lose two days, that throws the whole program out. When you're looking over a whole 12-month, again, a whole 12-month program, if you lose a day a week, you've nearly lost, what, 50 days for the year. That's nearly a month and a half gone just because you missed one day a week of not organization, not having everything planned, processed the way it should be. So it became a really important thing for me in that role. I guess for me, the whole trade life, I did it for 11 years. So for me, that was a, I always refer back to that. And a lot of the things I've learned through there have been super powerful. They've been the things that I've really been able to implement into my own business journey uh, and into my own life. And it's just those strategies and those thought patterns that we use was very similar to the way that we go about life in general. Uh, and again, it's the same learnings, the same same core principles of, yeah, okay, cool. what's the end goal? We've got to close this floor off by you know next week. Well, you know Monday, we need to do this much. Tuesday, we need to do this much. Wednesday is this much. Thursday is going to rain, so we need to take that into consideration. So we, we can't be doing as much. Let's go back and do something else. All these cool things. Like we'd, I'd even look at the weather, look which way the wind's going to be blowing, where's, where's the rain going to be coming from, and then that would dictate what we do prior to that. That's the amount of detail that we'd go into to make sure that, yeah, when it is raining, it's not going to affect us as much so we can do something on the other side of the building or we can do something over here or the wind is going to be blowing this direction so we'll, we'll do that area where there's no wind and then when it is windy, we can work on the other side because we've got protection. There's all these cool things that you start to understand and learn and that's the importance of your role and people just think, oh, you know, you just turn up to work and you just do whatever you've got to do but yeah, when you're just a, an employee or you're just one of the guys who just in, who's on the tools and in my case or you're just turning up into a corporate job or you're just a sporting athlete, you just turn up and play, the guys behind the scenes are the ones that are making sure that everything is done on time and making sure everything, they're really putting the visualization together. And I think that's a really key, key important role to leadership as well, is having the ability to, to visualize and, and anticipate what's to come, what's happening next. That's where I think a powerful leader comes in when they can dictate with themselves and then again that does come from a lot of experience and, and knowledge in the field to know that yeah all this 
this is about to happen. This is happening. This person just said this, or we're about to do this deal. When we get this deal, when we do this job, it's going to have this impact on the team. Or we bring in a new person, it's going to have this impact on the team. Or we move offices, we move, we do a deal international, this is what's going to happen. If you can anticipate that sort of stuff happening earlier before it actually does and be on the forefront, which is probably the most, which is going to lead to the next part I want to talk to you about now is being on the forefront, being on the front foot. And, you know, for, for me, I always, always had this thing of like, especially when I was younger and I always thought there was like, there was something wrong with me thinking this way, but I always used to sort of like fear the worst. And I would fear the worst, but I'd allow, I'd come up with like solutions to that. So I would fear the worst thinking like, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen right now? And I would come up with a solution to make sure that if it did happen, this is what we do. And I can tell you now on my journey, you know, through trade, we used to put in all the, all the windows on the high rise tower. So it's a very, very dangerous job. Like you're working on the edge of the building 24 seven. Like the whole day of work was on the perimeter of a building. Uh, yeah, we had safety requirements in place, but there's always those moments where safety requirements don't cut it and you need to sort of step outside the boundary and you know you do what you got to do to just get the job done um we've all we've all done it uh and prior to taking that action and doing what we knew we probably shouldn't be doing but it was what needed to be done we'd always feel like feel the worst like cool if we did this and then this happened like what would the consequence be and how could we fix it on the spot because you need to think fast like you don't have the ability to spend hours trying to fix a problem when you're working on, on a live edge um you know, and I think when you go through that process, you start to eliminate all these things that can possibly happen because you start to create solutions and boundaries and perimeters in, put perimeters in place to make sure that these things don't happen. So if you start to, in my eyes, I was like, okay, cool. Even when I was playing football, my I was I, I was in the in defense. I was a defender. So for me, I would always have to think about, okay, cool. Where's my opponent, the forward, the guy trying to kick goals? Where's he gonna run? If the ball's coming from this direction, where's he going to go? If it comes from that direction, what's he going to do? Where are his teammates? Are they going to block for him? And if they do block for him, what's going to happen? Like if they block me from him, where's he going to run? How far away are we going to be? I've got to watch his teammates. Always coming closer. Is he going to block me? I'll go around him. You've got to, again, fear the worst. Like what's going to happen? What What's the possibilities? From that, you can start to build a process moving forward. You can start to build a, a map. You can start to visualize, okay, cool. Well, on the 3.2K run, if we come up to a group of people, because obviously we'd share this path. It wasn't just our path that we'd run on the 3.2K. So on a lot of times, we'd be running of, of an afternoon, so around that 4 or 5 p.m. mark, and the track was full of other people. So if you come up to a group of people who are trying to just have a, a leisurely run on an afternoon, what do I do to get around them? Well, my theory was I'm not going to take the wide. I'm not going to go on the outside. I'm going to cut through the middle. And if there was multiple times where I'd brush shoulders with people, I was like, well, if that's going to save me three or four seconds compared to running on the outside, then that's what I'll have to do. But I didn't think of that as I came up one meter behind them. That was in my head. Okay, if I see a group of people up in, in a head, 50, 100 meters ahead of me, I'm taking the inside line. I'm moving inside so that they see exactly where I'm going. If I'm coming up from behind them, again, I'd, if I had to brush shoulders, I'd brush shoulders. But if it meant that I didn't have to go to the outside and lose two or three seconds on my time trial, if you do that five times in groups of people, you just lost 15, 20 seconds. And that's a lot of time when you don't have a lot of time to sleep when you've only got 11 minutes. And you don't, you don't want to lose any second at all. So again, understanding and really mapping out in front of you, visualizing what's happening around you and what is to come, it gives you the ability to plan for that and use that defensive mindset. Use that mindset of, okay, cool, take elements of it. 
don't walk around every day using that defensive mindset. But what I'm saying is understand that, yeah, cool, on my drive to work, we all do this. Oh, what happens if I get traffic here? I can go the back way. That's a defensive mindset. As you leave home, it's like, cool, well, if I get traffic on the main road, I can take this street, go the back way and cut through and come back on on the main road, you know, a K up the road and I'll miss those main set of lights or that main roundabout that caused all the traffic. That's, in a way, using a defensive mindset, you're fearing the worst. Same way we drive. Same way we pick a restaurant sometimes. We fear the worst. Like if we get there and it's full, let's have a backup plan. Let's have a plan B. It's not always about having a plan B though because sometimes I think having a plan B always gives you something to fall back on. It's not always about that. It's about understanding, okay, cool. Using my example of being a football player, being on the field, any sport has this. Has this. Even when you're playing tennis, a single sport, it doesn't matter what it is. If you think to yourself, okay, cool, well, so the opposition's going that way, I need to follow him. Or if he's going that way, I need to go the other way to make sure that I can get the ball or, or don't get the ball or stop him from getting the ball, whatever it might be, whatever it might be. So again, think about the challenges and how you're going to overcome them on that journey. Like you're, 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 you're visualizing the end goal. What do you want over the next two years? Whatever it might be. Okay, cool. Well, on that journey, this may happen. That may happen. If I might hit this roadblock, it's going to happen. Like, isn't it? And it, there's no way you can stop it from happening. Shit happens. Life happens. Doesn't matter how much time and effort you put in. Doesn't matter how many Excel spreadsheets you make. Doesn't matter how many times you draw on the whiteboard full of different colors and draw a beautiful map and take a photo of it and send it to all your friends and family. And say, cool, look at this map I've got. This is my this is my plan of attack. Doesn't matter how many times you do that. It's always there's always possibilities that other things can can come in the way and stop that journey from just being smooth sailing. And we, we, again, we've all experienced that. We've all seen when things haven't worked out and we've had to think on our feet and create new alternatives, new solutions, new paths. So by doing that, again, that is the whole understanding the challenge, challenges and understanding how to overcome them. Fear the worst and allow that to fuel, fuel you. Fear the worst. Think of what's the worst thing that could possibly happen. Create a solution for that. And then now that's one less thing you have to think about because if you do encounter that on the journey... If you do, if you're doing a, a marathon and you're like, cool, if I get a cramp, you know, I can stop and quickly stretch, or I can make sure I drink heaps, heaps of electrolytes prior to minimise my chances of getting a cramp on a on a marathon. Or you know, if you're doing a marathon and you look at the track and it's a a, a cross terrain sort of marathon sort of style run, and you know that by this time you're going to get to this section where it's all hilly and there's rocks and it's uphill, and you're like, that's not my strength point. Well, then cool. Well, in the flat road, you'd run harder, get there quicker, knowing that on the rough terrain that you might take a little bit longer than most of the guys. But if you've got a head start and you get there quicker, you can afford to be a little bit slower in that path. Again, that's understanding the journey. That's a defensive mindset. Understanding, okay, cool, when I get there, it's going to be a challenge. I need to get there quicker so I've got that extra minute on my sleeve to take my time getting up there, if that's your weak point. Does that make sense? When you can do that, that's when things start to get fun. That's when it all starts to get exciting. And again, use elements of the defensive mindset. Don't have a defensive mindset 24-7. Allow it to create new opportunities. That's how some of the best businesses are created these days. It's because people think about, okay, cool, there's a, there's a challenge. People are doing things and there's a challenge in the middle. There's like a speed hump that everyone comes up against. So a lot of businesses these days and a lot of the services that you use, all they're doing is just creating a path to least resistance. Hey, you can order your shopping online now. You don't even have to go to the shops. You can find the supermarkets, get their app, download everything, purchase everything, pay for it over the phone. It gets delivered to your front door. You don't even have to leave the house. You can do all the online training. You can do PTing online, a path that leaves resistance. 
yes, and there's obviously challenges that come with that as well. But these businesses have just created something huge, huge. You know, there's, there's so many franchises out there who have created a platform that is just so basic that anyone can do it. Like you look at a McDonald's franchise, that's why 14, 15-year-olds run McDonald's is because the system is so basic. It's probably like three or four pages. You open the door this way. You turn on the registers this way. You turn on the grill this way. You say you flip a burger. You say you make a Big Mac. You say you make this burger, that burger. You say you fry the chips. You say you serve it. Done. Next. It's a simple process. They've been through the journey. They've looked at everything that could possibly go wrong. They've built programs and systems and put things in place to make sure that if something does go wrong, we've got this solution to back it up. We've got this to fix the problem. So whatever it might be, there's always a way. doesn't matter what, what business you're in. doesn't matter what you're actually doing. There's always a way to either make it smoother, make it more foolproof, teach someone how to do it. When you start teaching people how to do things, but teach them the craft that you have or the skill that you have or the knowledge you have, you start to understand it more because you're teaching it. And on the back of that, as you're actually saying it out loud and, and putting it out there, you're actually thinking, okay, cool, well, that's good what we used to do, but times are changing. I guess you guys can also understand is that Facebook, Instagram, all these apps and everything that, in, that we have in this world, there's, there's an update every second day. Like you update it today and then two days later, it's like, yeah, cool, we've got a new update, got new filters, got new this, got new font. Everything's changing. The algorithm is always changing. So we need to be on top of that. And again, that is a challenge right there. If you understand that daily, weekly, monthly, your industry, your career is going to be evolving and changing and moving in a different direction, how can you anticipate that? How can you see that as things move and change, what challenges is that going to bring for you? And again, your industry. Look at real estate agents. The whole online thing is just going huge. And give it five to 10 years, there'll be hardly any in-person real estate agents. Only the ones that are now in front of that, who are now thinking about, okay, cool, this is what's going to come in the next five to 10 years. What can I do to position myself as someone who will keep their job, who would stay as a, a real estate agent and why someone wouldn't want to use an online platform? Why would they want, to, they, would, they would want to use me in person? This is when you put the work in. You don't do it at the time when everyone's scrambling around trying to survive. If you put in the work now, in three, five, six, ten 10 years time, you've got the background, you've got the knowledge, you've got the foundation built because you saw the challenges that are going to be coming and now you've created a solution for it. Does that make sense? So guys, think about this. When you're mapping out the journey, especially now, prime time, as we're looking at new goals, new visions for the, the year to come, as we get into a new year, we all set these massive goals of I want to make X amount of dollars, I want to travel here, I want to buy this car, I want to get this, get that, I want to live this lifestyle, I want to you know, do this on this weekend, I want to have this amount of family time. Those goals are great. Like, great. We need that. But equally as important or if not as even more important is to really map out what do I have to do? Like, what are the challenges going to be on that journey? And visualize those. If you can overcome those challenges before they even happen, 99% of the time those challenges won't even happen in real life. If you can action that, if you can see it before it even happens, you're in a great space. Because as you get there, you can start to put measurements in place. You can start to put procedures and protocols in place to make sure that these things don't happen. So yeah, have the big goal. Cut out the pictures of the cars you want. Write down how much money it is exactly you want to make. And then on the back of that, understand, okay, cool, what am I going to have to do to make that happen? Visualize the journey. 
because that's the fun part. The journey is the fun part. That's where all the learnings are. That's when you really find yourself. That's when you really build yourself is on that journey. And when you can get that right, what happens in between A and B, it's, it's inevitable what's going to happen in between A and B. No one can ever tell you. But if you map it out as clear as day as possible, you see exactly what's happening, where it's going to go, all of a sudden, when you're actually going through the process and you're actually living it in life, you say, yeah, I thought about this moment. And then because I knew this was going to happen, I've been able to put this measurement in place. So it's cool. We've got this covered. This isn't really a challenge or a problem anymore because this is all sorted. I thought about this six months ago. I thought about this a year ago. I thought about this two weeks ago. Whatever it might be. Why do you think sporting teams do homework on the other team before they play them? They don't just turn up on the day and watch for a quarter and say, okay, cool. Well, this guy's playing good. This guy's playing there. We need to make sure we're working on them. They've got that covered before they even turn up. They've got that covered weeks in advance so that when they do get to the games, then they know it. Player number you know, 10 He's, he's a great player in this position. We need to watch out for him. We're going to put so-and-so on him to make sure he doesn't have as, as big of an impact. And then so-and-so over here, this player over here, he does that role really well, so we need to be careful of him. And they map it out. Big businesses do that. They look at what's trending, what's coming, where can they go, what can they innovate, what can they create. Visualization comes on the back of that. You visualize, you visualize, you visualize, you see the big picture, see the end goal 100%, see the celebration, see yourself winning. See you living that lifestyle. See the team getting to that. At the same time, backtrack a little bit and look at, okay, cool, what's the journey? What's one month going to look like? What's month two going to look like? What's month three going to look like? If we have a great month, this is what it's going to look like. If we're having a bit of a slow month, this is what it's going to look like. And then what we can do to maximize that, get it back on track. Like what can we do? That's really important to understand. So again, guys, visualization. See the end goal, map out the journey. I hope that makes sense. I hope that really hit home for you. I'm sure that there's going to be parts of this where you understand and there's be parts of this where you may have heard before and it's just going to click, in, click into mind like, yeah, cool, I get it now. This is maybe where I've been going wrong. This is maybe where I've, my missing piece of the puzzle is. This is maybe where my gap is. This is maybe where this is why this isn't working or this is maybe why that isn't working is because I haven't really mapped it out into as much detail as possible, as practical and it really in my mind, painted that picture of what's going to happen on every step of the journey. And then allowing to pivot and to adapt. Because when these challenges come up, when you go, okay, cool, this has happened, let's pivot. Let's go this direction now. That wasn't the direction, let's go that way. Something in society happens, something, a new app is launched, a new update happens. Okay, cool, well, this is what we thought we we're going to do, but it's happened. It's no longer going to move that way. Look at Bitcoin, look at cryptocurrency, out of nowhere, it's taken over the world. Everyone, well, maybe at the start of 2018, it was a big thing. Slowed down a little bit now. But at the start of 2018, for like that first couple of months, it was huge. Did anyone see that coming? Maybe like half percent of the world. The rest of the people had no idea until it hit us. And it was like, well, oh my God, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. Let's get on it. Let's get on it. And then we all know what happened. That's another story. That's another podcast. That's another episode. Talk about cryptocurrency. <laughs> I'm not very educated on that. I choose not to. Um, you know, when the time's right, I'm sure it'll... Uh, It'll come up and I'll uh, do my homework, do my research. But for now, it's a little bit unknown, it's untapped. So I'll just let, let it be. I'll let it fizzle. Again, I've got my, uh, I've visualized, I've planned out my journey on that. I've got certain checkpoints, certain certain markers on the whole cryptocurrency thing that if it gets to this stage or if it gets to that stage, I'm going to action. Uh, you know, I've done my homework. I've got the right people in my corners to you know, tell me what I need to know right now until it's time for me to put some time and effort in myself. 
Um, that's why it's super important as well to have the right people around you too. So again, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Get online, share it, share the knowledge. Take a screenshot of you listening to this episode, post it online, tag us, tag everything, hashtag, you know how it works. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, guys. Look forward to chatting soon um, and goodbye for now.